Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to Game Over Vancouver. My name is Clay Emo. I am Canuck Clay right here on YouTube and on Twitter. And it is my pleasure. It is my pleasure to be with you tonight. Just checking the sound, making sure that you guys can hear me okay. And then we'll get going. I'm kind of rusty. I haven't done this in a little while. So I want to make sure that there's indeed sound on the stream tonight. Okay, yes, I can hear myself. Good. Now I can focus on you guys properly. So, hey, everyone. The Canucks are defeated by the Winnipeg Jets 4-2 to tonight in Winnipeg, bringing an end to the Canucks' modest three-game win streak, bringing an end to their better seven-game road winning streak, and I'm here to break it all down. So as we get going, I want to invite you to like this video. Subscribe to the SDPN the Steve Dangle Podcast Network YouTube channel and tweet it out. Tweet it out right now like I just did. Tweet out that we're going to be here for the next 35-40 minutes breaking down this game, talking about the Vancouver Canucks and anything else that is on your mind. So I appreciate that you are here, especially on a holiday week. It's that weird week between Christmas and New Year's. The Canucks have three games in this weird week. They won on Tuesday night beating San Jose quite handily and they were handled quite easily by the Winnipeg Jets tonight. I have a guest that I'm going to bring on as well who's going to help me break it all down, but I appreciate you being here. And uh, once again, thank you for taking the time and subscribe to SDPN, subscribe to this YouTube channel, like the video, and make sure to tell your friends that you are here tonight. Also, you can pick up some Game Over merchandise if you want. You might see I have my new Game Over swag on me right now. So let's get to our sponsor read. Let's get to our guest. And then we'll get into tonight's game. Think you know which way it's going to go. Make your bet with sports interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, sports interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Then head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. Steve Dangle Podcast Network. That's sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. 19 and over. Please play responsibly. So as I wait for my guests to join in the Zoom chat, um, start getting interactive in the comment section. Start talking to one another. And uh, my guests and I, we will definitely get into the comment section in the third segment of the show. So I'm going to bring on now and say hello to my friend, Ryan Hank of the PV1 Podcast. Hello, Ryan. How is it going, Clay? I'm How great. Are How are you, my friend? You know what? Um, I'm okay. The game the, the game started great. It was a little bit shaky. Yeah. Uh, I kind of knew that there might be a loss, as my nine-year-old said. When the Canucks score first, they lose. And unfortunately, that's what happened. But, I mean... What I think we're going to be talking about after this, and this is going to be like the water cooler chat tomorrow morning. Yep. And I think this is actually going to probably dominate well into the new year. Like, forget about the Bull Horvat, you know, trade talk or JT Miller. Or when is Thatcher Demko going to come back? What I think people are going to actually be talking about, Clay, is the fact that the dill pickle salad at Costco is not elite. And it's actually the Southwest one that should be the prime example that they're selling and they need to maybe move that dill pickle one out. I'm not a fan of it anymore. Well, I think we, it's, I think it's been overplayed. We could definitely get to that. And, and I promise 
Ryan, no matter what happens, I will not slam my stick against the computer like Ryan Miller did trying to get Colin Delia out of the net with one minute to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we all know the drill. You're down by one. Maybe maybe read the room, Colin. Uh, you you got to get off the ice, yeah. my friend. I need another skater. Yeah, well, have some fun with that in a, in a couple minutes. So, Ryan, why don't you tell everyone uh, quickly a little bit about yourself, where you're living, what you're doing, and where they can find you on social. Well, despite the the map behind me, I'm not in Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm actually in Kelowna, BC. I am, uh, I mean, I'm one of the two hosts of the PP1 podcast. We're we're based out of Kelowna. We talk Canucks just like you do, Clay. Um, but we try to throw a silly spin on it because, I mean, we're we're not the place to get stats. You, you don't want to get stats from us. We're we're just going to bring our own take on it. It's been it's been pretty good. It's been it's been a good run. We're in year four, so I guess awesome. that's past the threshold of of podcasts. Uh, being successful so if you get past that year three apparently things are going okay so i think we're doing all right and then uh i mean fantasy football season is yep. almost over i'm uh i'm the the host of that helps no one fantasy cast uh that one's wow. been going really well so our season finale is next week it's our award show uh i will be dressed and dressed so make sure you guys check out that awesome and then the actual name of your your twitter account is what Oh, I'm at always nine zero F O U R always ninety four. It's a play on the Canucks and everybody else talking about nineteen ninety four. I just couldn't make always twenty eleven work, so it's just doesn't oh. doesn't have the same flow. Oh, I, I and then think. I'm older than you, so I could have taken always eighty two. I guess eighty two ninety four. Yeah, I mean that's that sounds better than twenty eleven. I think it's just it's easier to say that. I think awesome. So right, thank you for being here. And the one thing. Uh, you know, it's funny, Ryan and I have never met, but we had an opportunity, a prime opportunity to, opportunity to do so last week. Our, his family and him, my family and me, as you guys know, we're all in California. We're all in the same theme park. In fact, we could have met in the kind of circle part between California Park and Disneyland, but unfortunately, it just was, wasn't meant to be, although he was delayed he by He actually big-timed me, folks. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this about Clay, but he big-timed me. He, he chose to do the alternate parks on the days that I was at the other park. So That's true. That's I, true. I mean, maybe maybe they were planned months and months in advance. I don't know. My wife is in charge of that. But, uh, yeah, it's a shame. I, it would have been great to uh, share some time with you and maybe ride the Dumbo ride or Alice in Wonderland May, next time, yes. 10 years from now. Maybe. Exactly. Dumbo and Dumbo on Dumbo. So let's talk about today's game. Overall, before we break down the goals and, and the uh, – Obviously, it was, it was a tail basically of two games. The Canucks actually looked really, for me, for me, they looked great in the first period. They were sharp. They were aggressive. They looked like they wanted to go two games over 500 for the first time this season. Winnipeg completely dominated in the second period. And then Winnipeg didn't have to do too much to defend in the third. Though That was my very quick impression. How about you, Ryan? I mean, you kind of said it all. The yeah. first period definitely was surprising, I think, considering the last time Vancouver played Winnipeg. Yes. But I mean, the Canucks, like right off the hop, I was still making dinner and I, I was watching. And I thought, holy smokes. And I mean, the great goal, great steal because Manko looked awesome. Yes. Pedersen looked awesome. Things looked good for the Canucks. In fact, they held them to zero shots for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And they kept getting into it, kept getting into it. And typical Canucks, like they basically had their opportunity and they let them back in. And that was pretty much it. I mean, it really was a tale of two games. Colin Delia had a pretty impressive game. Yeah. Unfortunately, Winnipeg has some pretty awesome shooters and they made the most of their chances where the Canucks didn't. Yes. And I mean, he also, like you mentioned at the start there, it's not the 
biggest fan of uh, reading the room and uh, maybe made a little late charge to the bench. And I mean, where are they going to tie it? Who knows? We'll never know. Yeah. But uh, it's not the end of the world. They get to play again. <laughs> well, you got a, such a good attitude. I, I like your attitude. I should bring you on here more. Like, I, I think I'm pretty calm. I mean, I'm available, Clay. I, I don't have much going on right now. Yeah, now that we're both back in town. Uh, yeah. At the first at the first intermission, how did you feel? Like, it, obviously, it's too much to proclaim that the Canucks are going to win, although I tweeted my little humble brag out that the Canucks were 6-2 and two every time I host a show. Now they're 6-3, and three, which is still a pretty darn good uh, points percentage. Uh, how did you feel at the first intermission, Ryan? Well, I unfortunately saw that tweet about <laughs> 10 minutes before uh, we went on air here. So I was, I was a little skeptical. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But at that point, after the first period, I thought, I mean, hey, the Canucks have actually been playing well this week and things have kind of been going their way and maybe they're going to, I mean, you always know how a hockey game is going to go. Usually if you're going to get shut out or whatever, like off the posts or all those chances that usually would normally go in and they don't. Yeah. This one did have a little bit of a different feel. I felt, I mean, obviously the Luke Shen hit that, that was a feel good moment. There are 3,000 yeah. yes. hits uh, that he's, he's put on uh, the NHL. There were some feel good moments in there. Delia looked awesome. I mean, he did look really good tonight. Uh, a couple of massive saves, the kick save, the glove save, a little around the world there. Yep. But yeah, after the first period, like it just slowly started to deteriorate. And typical Canucks, I mean, we've all followed this team long enough. Yeah. It really doesn't matter the season unless it's 2011. We kind of knew how this was eventually going to go if they didn't manage to get at least uh, one more earlier on instead of one late. So, I mean, it it is our Vancouver Canucks. We are all Canucks, and unfortunately, uh, that's the flag that we fly. So. Sad, sad but true in some ways. And you're right. Even though Winnipeg came out and dominated the second period, they actually didn't get their first goal until almost 14 minutes in. So you could, yeah, no, it's not, it's a fact. The Canucks were actually ahead for more than half the game, but then when they scored, they scored in bunches, starting with that Mark Shifley, a really nice tip actually on the reflection. It it really was. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Like you just, the the teams that can score, you just can't keep them off the board forever. And I think Winnipeg was pressing. They definitely started adding up those shots. They kept them off the board forever. They did. But once things started going, you could just tell, like, you guys either need to bury this chance and stay in the game or you're going to get left behind. So It's funny what you say, though, about Winnipeg. I mean, their goal scores seem like they're dangerous. Kyle Connor could have had three or four on his own tonight. Oh, easily. (laughs) Easily. I thought there was a... Trying to think of who else had a really big game tonight for Winnipeg. I mean, Josh Morrissey looked really good. Clone a rocket. Humble brag. Yeah. Uh, he's, He's on pace for a ridiculous season this year, and... I mean, definitely one of the better defensemen in the NHL. So it is fun to watch that team. I think I've always enjoyed watching Winnipeg play. It just sucks when they play Vancouver because it seems like the Canucks have to be an all-star team just to beat them sometimes. Great point. And uh, people know on my channel that uh, Winnipeg is my second favorite team. I I like the... My cousin Dusty was the goaltending coach there for a couple of years. I've been in the city a few times. I like a lot of the players. But yeah, they they seem to play the Canucks really well. Well, Connor Hollebach, especially... Uh, plays yeah. the the Canucks really well, and then uh, Ethan Bear had a rough uh, five minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a little bit, hey. Yeah, so the first one, he, um, yeah, he, it was weird. Like uh, Pierre Luc Dubois just kind of snuck down the middle. I watched the replay. Hughes was on the left, kind of looking to the right. Ethan Bear was on the right, looking at the left, and Bear ends up taking a, a hooking or a slash or whatever it was, putting Dubois onto into a penalty shot. And you know, I didn't know. I like Dilly a lot. I seem, I like his attitude. I like how he he tries so hard. Um, but I, I wasn't sure how he would do in the in the penalty shot, and that's because he's never faced a penalty shot before. 
Well, I mean, there's always your first. Yes. So, uh, what would you think? Of that? I mean, it's a tough position on yeah. either side. Like when you're just the same as the shootout, right? I mean, you're not really sure who's going to be favored if it's the goalie, you know, be, it's so tough to figure out if a guy's got to move, he could have the best move in the world and skates over the puck. We've seen it with the Canucks a few times yeah. at the same time, you know, if a goalie is a little bit more active and he tries to press, you know, maybe a poke check that you're not expecting. So yeah. those are always a tough one. And I mean, we all love penalty shots. I don't care if it's against us or for us. It's always a fun time. And the other's quite quite small. I, I guess we're used to seeing Demko and a guy like Vasilevsky or Halibut's big. So he even looked small when Dubois was coming in on him. I don't know if you, you felt the same way or am I reading too much into it? it just didn't look as menacing. I don't know. Not the height necessarily. Like I noticed that Delhi has got some pretty quick moves. He's also yeah. a little bit out of position yeah. uh, from time to time, but he seems to get to the puck pretty good. It's just, right. I, I think his momentum was going so fast anyway that, I mean, you, you deke out the right guy and you, you move fast enough. You can beat some of these guys and That's the ice true. is slippery sometimes. I mean, you play in, in rec league hockey and if, you get enough of that ice. There's just enough going for you. You get a little bit of extra English on it, and uh, you don't have to do as much work. So, I mean, says the guy that is not in the NHL. But yeah, well, we, yeah. And then we go to the penalty parade. Ethan Bear boards Kyle Connor. Then Luke, Luke Dubois, uh, Pierre Luke Dubois interferes with Horvat. So now we think we're fine four and four. But then actually, PD does a, a bad giveaway. He had a couple of them tonight, and Travis Dermott was uh, had to take. Uh, an interference penalty against Shifley. And then Shifley, this, this to me, Ryan, was the backbreaker. If you escape the second period down 2-1 and killing off a penalty or two, then you're at least feeling good about yourself. But for Shifley to score with with three seconds oh, left. Like, I, and I'm watching, I'm thinking, you just got to get out of the yes. you just gotta get, And then it just goes in, like two seconds left, of course. And that's it. You go to the locker room. Obviously, guys are deflated going in there. And I, I mean, the game wasn't out of hand. Right. It, it's not like they got completely outplayed. And I don't think that, uh, you know, Winnipeg thought that Vancouver was out of it either. But I mean, you go down 3 1, and especially that late in the period, anytime you score a goal that late in the period, you know, it's just, it's such, you know, it's just such a kick. So, yeah. You know, they're they're fighting back, you know, losing cause going to the third and yep. teams do play. I mean, it's score effects, right? Yes. Whether you're on the winning side or losing side. In this case, Canucks are just trying to edge back. So you're going to take a few more chances. You're going to try a few more things. And I thought that the Canucks probably spent a lot more time in their more so in the second period, but they spent a lot more time in their own zone um, after that big first period. And it, it it just shifted. I think it was just one of those games where things shifted and we've seen that before and you know, the, the really good teams find a way to just, you know, get one shift back and all of a sudden the game's tied again. Yeah. This Canucks team isn't quite there yet. And Ryan, that's a really good point about the score effects because Boudreaux's even talked about it the other way. For instance, when the Canucks were handily beating San Jose on Tuesday night, he said that he knew San Jose was going to come up with a with a bit of a push in the third. You sometimes, as the 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 leading team, kind of sit back a little bit because what you don't need to score more. You still want to make sure the other team doesn't get back in the game. So I, I think we saw a little bit about that, a little bit of that in the third period with Vancouver seemingly increasing their pace of play and control the play. But I don't know, man, until Garland scored, which is almost against the green of play. I didn't think the Canucks were, I wasn't very confident. Let's put it that way that they were coming. I turned my head for two seconds and that goal goes in and it's like, (laughs) I I, like, did they, did he just Luongo that in? Like we've seen that goal so many times go against the Canucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you actually get an opportunity to score a goal like that, I mean, again, it made the game interesting again. I think it did give them a chance to, to fight back and 
who who knows what happens if they get a little bit more of a prolonged shift on uh, six on five. But sure. I Great. mean, it, it did make it interesting again. They yeah. weren't out of it. We didn't, you know, throw in our hats so too yeah. early this time. So, <laughs> well, great, what do you seg- do? great segue to the actual hat trick. And it's funny this whole this whole Miller Dilly thing. I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, but we know Canucks Twitter is going to be the talk of Twitter for at least the next day. But even before that, Ryan, I thought that the Canucks weren't aggressive enough in. Yeah, they Delia, they could have pulled him as they've done in the past two and a half minutes out or two minutes out. But the fact that they didn't even have the puck from the two minute mark down in the one fifteen mark, it, it was a little bit frustrating. Yeah, well, every time they tried to make something happen, they lost the puck again. Yeah, and then as soon as they got into their zone, it went deeper, almost on net, and they had to regroup like three times. So yeah, and that's when I think you saw it wasn't necessarily Miller frustrated at Delia. I think that was the the culmination of what happened. Yeah, but I think he was just frustrated the fact that they were just running out of time to, to make their, their final move. And because yeah. they just blew so many chances in the, the minute and a half prior to that. So I think it, probably just a little bit of frustration. I think we'd all be frustrated at that point because they, they did have an opportunity to make that interesting at the end. Sure. And unfortunately it just, you know, you can't start a rush and there just really wasn't any, um, there wasn't any determination to get that down there. Like the, it was a dump and chase and you're hoping for the best. I think yeah. had they had more time, they probably could have set something up and maybe have some kind of a set piece in there and hope for the best on the last couple shots of the game. But yeah. it, it just didn't happen. It just didn't come to fruition. So well said. And you may have heard Ryan right at the end of the game. It was funny. Uh, short outs were saying, well, may, maybe Delia was waiting for a signal from the bench and Garrett was saying, no, you just know to go. You just know to go. And it's get your that, job. Yeah, get that extra skater out there. Would you agree? With, Absolutely. You, yeah, you'd agree. John, oh, 100%. Agree John. I yeah. mean, that's your job. As the goalie, you know the score. Yep. You probably look at the clock more than anybody on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that's you do. You've got some time. <laughs> so you, you can see the play happening 200 feet away. You can read of what's going on. Yep. You have to understand that, hey, guys are coming back. They're pulling in. This is my moment. And uh, probably a brain fart, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he's a professional goaltender. I'm sure he's been, you know, yanked a ton of times. Every goalie has been to try to tie a game up. So it's, I, I chalk it up to like a brain fart because, yeah. I mean, we all do stupid things. And it's not like, I mean, he knew what to do. Everything came in. I think he was just hoping that for like the fifth time that the puck wouldn't come back in and then they get scored on anyway. So he's probably just kind of playing defensively in his head too. So yeah. probably yeah. tore and he's like, what do I do? What do I do? What do That's I do? true. They, yeah. The Canucks, they didn't show him anything and give him enough uh, time to even start getting towards it. That's a really, really good point, Ryan. A couple other things and then, and then we'll, we'll talk more big picture. what do you think of Travis Dermott's first game back? His first game this season. It took him 35 games to get in, but he's in. Yeah. I mean, overall I was I mean, for me, it's it's been such a busy week coming back from holidays and yeah. fighting a bit of a cold, as you can probably tell. Um, I, I did notice, I mean, I, I thought he had a pretty decent game. I yeah. was probably paying more attention to some of our, our bigger stars in the game, I thought. Sure. I mean, I was definitely paying attention to Quinn Hughes, that's for sure. He looked he, he looked all right. Yeah. But well, uh, no, I mean, to be gone that long and come back in, and I think he, he didn't look out of place. I I think he probably had a little bit of rust as well from, again, from I I was trying to pay attention to the broadcast and they brought him up a few times. I I thought he had a fine game. I mean, this team is playing some interesting hockey on on both sides of the ice. So I think if you're not a glaring error out there, whereas there's definitely a few spots tonight that probably didn't look so great. I, I don't know. First game back. Good for you. Welcome back. Yep. I thought he was fine too. There's only one shift actually, Ryan, where I, I remember him 
giving the puck away twice, but they weren't like horrible giveaways. It was, I think it's exactly what you said. It was a bit of rust and, and getting used to the game of speed. And Kuzmenko, the only Canucks player to have multiple points tonight, he went one and one. He was in on, on both Canucks goals. So he continues his hot streak. I haven't talked to you formally on one of these shows on, on either of our channels yet. What have you thought about Kuzmenko's year so far? Honestly, he's a bum. He's terrible. I, uh, they they should get rid of him right now. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, if you, if you aren't a fan of Kuzmenko by now, shame on you. Mm. Shame on you again if you're still thinking this after those six seconds I just said. Andre Kuzmenko has been a breath of fresh air for the Vancouver Canucks, and it was one of the their biggest wins that they've had in a long time. Yeah. Thankfully, they took him to a different restaurant than Joey's, and I think we're all very thankful for that. He fits in so well on the Vancouver Canucks. And I do hope that they ink him to a proper contract that he can be around for a long, long time. Cause he's, he's so much fun to watch. Yeah. He's very clever with the puck. He just seems to be Johnny on the spot all the time. He meshes insanely well with Pedersen and Miller and pretty much anybody you put him with. And he produces. Yeah. I mean, when have we been able to actually get excited about a guy that like, well, when he's doing this, yeah. you know, I remember the Besser that did this or the Bo that did this or a rookie PD. Because Manko's just come in and he's just done exactly what we were hoping he'd do. Mm-hmm. And there's like he is as advertised and I can't wait till they can lock him in and you can start seeing his jerseys fly in the street. See him. I mean, I, I like your little Pepsi promo there, Clay. Oh, I haven't really been to Vancouver since that's been up. But I mean, I want to see Koozie and Clay side by side in Vancouver. I love two smiling guys. One guy a little bit better than the other guy in hockey, but I don't know if he's got a YouTube channel. So, Ryan, really, really good points. What, let's do this. I think uh, one last thing I'll say, I think the Canucks, obviously, they lost the special teams battle. Winnipeg going two for four. The Canucks going yeah. 0 for two. And that's uh, that's kind of shades of when the Canucks were blowing a lot of games earlier. This season. Not to be negative, but that's truly one of the things was their lack of uh, both the finish on the power play and their la- ability to kill off the opponent's power play. Yeah, I mean, I got a podcast based on that said power play, and that was the whole reason that we kind of brought up the name. Yeah. This this power play, it still hasn't changed. It has not changed in six years, seven years, eight years. Mm. It's the same predictable path, and I get who you're trying to get the puck to, but they need to create a new set or or something. They need to bring back the the bumper spot again when that was working well. They need to just shoot more. They need to just and move, get... move. It's it, it's so predictable, Clay, yeah. that it's frustrating. And I say this probably every couple of weeks on our show. Yeah, it just drives me crazy that everyone in the building, everyone at home, knows exactly how that power play is going to end, where the puck's going to go to. Yeah. Nobody's moving around. When they were moving around, uh, I guess I would have been whether it was to Foley or maybe when Miller just got there. There was movement on the ice. There was movement going around, fast pucks, fast passes. They didn't have the puck very long on their stick, and the puck was going in the net. It can't be that predictable. It can yeah. be a little bit predictable. I mean, the look at the Capitals' power play. Look at the Lightnings' power play. Look at uh, Colorado. Now, those are elite teams. Those are elite shooters. But we have elite shooters as well, and they still just are so stale when they set up. It's just it, it's just so frustrating. They gain the zone a lot better. Yeah, um, they do. when they do their breakout. Yeah. But my goodness, I mean, yeah, you I'm know, probably the last guy that should be dictating this. But my goodness, it's so predictable. There needs to be something done to that because they do have the players to make it happen. Yeah. 
but it's almost like even all the teams defending against them, they know what to do. I mean, sure. it's going to Pedersen or maybe Hughes, yeah. and you don't have to worry about Besser shot because he's not shooting on it. Exactly. And then you get in Miller, and it's almost the same. When they were using Bo and Miller in that bumper position, that's where Kuzmenko's look so good. Yeah. That's when you start creating more chances. Like you have to use all five guys on the ice. And it it it, it frustrates me so much because there is a lot of opportunity yeah. there. And I know they can beat teams. They just they just aren't doing that. Amen. And I, the two things I always say is use all five guys, especially the net front and the bumper guy. Get the puck out of Miller, Hughes, Petey, that umbrella, and just push it down and see what happens. The other thing they always do on the four and three, which is awesome, is Hughes will take the puck. Uh, dump it in Miller and then he'll drive the net and then Petey will curl, curl around for the big one-timer and I, they can still do that five on four as well so you're right Ryan just get some more movement and get some just get some yeah just some unpredictability there so let's do this one thing that's predictable is we go in three segments that was segment number one so we're going to take a, a quick pause before we go to segment number two. This is where I get to insert the, the mid-roll the mid-show ad later but everyone in the chat I see a lot of great questions, a lot of great engagement. Keep on chatting with each other. Ryan and I will jump into the in the chat box for the third segment. But keep talking with one another, and don't forget to like this video and subscribe to SDPN. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. And while you're at it, go to Always Naughty Four on Twitter, PB One yeah. Podcasts on Twitter, and Canuck Clay as well. Okay, so let's take a quick pause, gather our thoughts, a quick two second break. All right, going into 2023, Ryan. Uh, and you can go with the obvious or you can go off the board. Give me one or two storylines that you're kind of fascinated about this team for the new year or intrigued well, by. I, oh, I, 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 if you're not intrigued by Bo Horvat yeah. and whatever happens to that, I think you'd be lying. That's, <laughs> that's a big one to, to me. It, he's been here long enough. We know that they probably gave, a contract to not the wrong guy, but the wrong guy first. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's how it should be played. I think the bull Horvat situation is probably going to be the big, the big story going forward. And I don't really know what a, a second one would be. I think just finding out is this team going to actually rebuild or do they still believe what they've said wasn't, you know, going to happen for the the previous couple of years. They changed re regimes, right. and we're sold a new bill of goods, and and we're still in the same spot. So, yeah, I think it it's just going to really come down to what do they do? Yeah, what are the Canucks going to look like in the next couple of months? Because we've been promised change, and there there still hasn't been change. I mean, they've added Kuzmeko. That's great. They've uh you know, we do have Pedersen and, and Hughes on, on contracts right now. Mm -hmm. They did sign Miller. So they're, as far as we know, committed to him. Yep. What do they do? The rest of the cast is, is there really one untouchable guy, which I hate that the fact that that even came out publicly, that's right. not something they need to be talking about. That's something we talk about as right. a fan. Not, not that's something fan. we talk about on, on talk shows and, and all the podcasts and the radio shows. That's not something you come out and say, there's one guy. Because, right. That just now you're backpedaling. Now you're just trying to save some face and you know add some lip service to a situation that's clearly, uh, I mean, it's it's toxic right now. So yeah. I think those would be the two big ones. And then, I mean, I want to see what Kazmeko can do. How, how high is his ceiling mm -hmm. for the rest of the season? I just want to see how much damage that he can do with the Canucks because it just feels like the sky's the limit. And uh, I mean, we're having fun. 
Yeah. It's not the most fun season, but we're having fun. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, games, I really am. Games are fun. Seven six and six fives. All by the way, Dravakian, my my friend Adam from my channel just said I went and followed Ryan just now. Be like Adam. Be like Dravakian and do what he did and follow Ryan on his socials. So I think we can actually combine the first and uh, second of your points. Ryan is this Horvat situation and this rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it, if they do it or not. Because obviously the Horvat situation is going to be a catalyst for that. My question to you, Ryan, is, is two questions. What do you think is going to happen and what do you want to happen? And maybe they're both the same thing when it comes to Horvat. I think they're going to find a way to sign him. Really? Because, because that's the Canucks. That's the Canucks I've known forever. I don't care who's in charge. Yeah. It just, there's there's never been the other thing happen. Right. It, it rarely, rarely happens. Great point. Like it just, it just doesn't. I mean, it has happened a few times, but the obvious thing usually happens. And I think that they re-sign him somehow. And we all are up in arms about everything we're always complaining about, but that's what's going to happen. And then they're going to have to figure out a way to deal with the aftermath of that. And I don't know what that looks like, but I think that's, that's the first part. I do think what I'd like to see happen is that they do trade him because Mm -hmm. he's clearly having a career year. And he might have a pretty good year next year, too, and maybe the year after that. But they're going to be paying him, or whoever anyway, is going to be paying him for what he's doing this year. And as great as Bo Horvat is, he's definitely had uh, an amazing tenure with the Canucks. But we know what he is. And this season is a one-off. This is an outlier. He may get close to this again, maybe within 10 points or so. But this is as good as it is going to get. And I'm not trying to knock Bo Horvat. We all know what type of player he is. Mm-hmm. He is not like he he just hasn't produced in the elite of the elite. He's having a great season. And yep. I'm very excited for I love Bo. I, I do hope he stays. But at the same time, for the future of this franchise and for the Canucks to hopefully some point in my lifetime win a Stanley Cup. Real moves need to happen. Real pain needs to happen. And that would be the first thing because they need to get something back. They needed to do it with uh, JT Miller. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen yet. So I guess the next thing is Bo Horvat, unfortunately. So, right. so let's see what happens. Who knows? And Ryan, both of you and I are quite active, not only with our shows, but on, on Twitter. So I'm going to ask you to take a step away from Twitter and not let the people that we follow and the people that follow us color this. If the Canucks trade Bo Horvat in February or in March before the trade deadline and get a decent haul back, whatever it is, yeah. whether it's a hockey trade. Do you think in your heart of hearts that this market overall, not just Twitter, but this market overall is mature enough to understand that that's the right thing to do, or they're going to be so attached to their captain and they want to push for a playoff run and want to see what they can do with them that they won't be able to see that. I, I'm just curious. I really am. Mature is, mature is a funny word, but yeah. I'm all, I'll let you run with that one because is the fan base? No, it's not a mature fan base. That's for <laughs> sure. They're a knowledgeable fan base. I'll yeah. give you that much. Yeah. Um. I think there's the two kind of fans and back to my retail days of having these conversations seemingly every single day. There are the real fans that will accept it and it still hurts, but it shows progress. Mm-hmm. And those fans will get it and they will understand what's going on and things will move on. There will be a lot of people that don't follow the team as intensely as, I mean, it seems that people on Twitter do. Um, 
like we have so much access to this team. We have so much access to stats and advanced stats and every clips, everything else. We know way too much about way too much. Yeah. And that's unfortunately the problem. It's not back to the days of newspapers and watching highlight shows. There's a lot of people that will be butthurt because <laughs> Bo Horvat gets traded and he's because he's the captain and this, that, and the other. The reality is it's a business and mm-hmm. You'd be crazy to think it's not, but the Canucks management has continually treated it like it is, you know, a, a, a fan base franchise and not an actual business franchise where they have to make business decisions to further things along. And that's the first thing that happens. If it does, I mean, my goodness, it's I would be shocked if it did, but yeah. it's possible. I, I I do think there's going to be hurt either way. Yes. But I think there's a realistic hurt that they can move on. And I really don't care who's on this team when they win the Stanley Cup. I really don't care. I just want the Vancouver Canucks to win it. So, yeah. I mean, by all means, it could be players I've never heard of. But if it's the Vancouver Canucks, that's that's my team. It's the logo on the front, not the names on the back. Well, if I may, I thought that was a very mature response, Ryan. It, it's just, it's been so frustrating, Clay, because yeah. I love this team so much, but I love this team so much. And the players, they haven't won with Bure. They didn't win with Nazan and Bertuzzi. They didn't win with the Sedins, <laughs> Luongo, and that crew. Yeah. They haven't won with Patterson yet. They like, they're going through all my favorite players here, and they still haven't won. So, you know what? Like, it's the Canucks. Just team first. We'll get, we'll figure out who needs to be on the banner afterwards. That's, well said. Well said. You know, Ryan, I don't want to kick you out after 40 minutes. I, I want to I want to keep you on here while we answer some questions. So let's do this. I, I see my my big Zoom counter saying five minutes uh, countdown. Uh, let As we go to our third segment, so everyone start typing questions into the chat because I want to do keep it. Ryan. Ryan, are you okay for another 10 minutes or so? I, I'm here, Clay. Okay. I, I, I'm like a quarter into this milk chocolate beer from Spectrum, so... I know Pepsi is probably your sponsor. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Although I don't have one in here right now. I'll have one after. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, everyone watching, thank you for being here. Like the stream, follow us, uh, subscribe to SDPN, and start typing your questions in the chat. We'll stick around for another 10 minutes or so. Ryan, I'm going to end this meeting and then restart it up again, and then just be just join in again, and then okay. we'll make it work. Sound good? Sound good. Let's right. do it. See you in a couple. All right. So that's Ryan Hank of uh, the PP1 Podcast. He will be rejoining us in a second once i get zoom going once again because he um he knows his stuff and i and i really like i really like having him on the show tonight so yeah uh, as we're waiting for him to rejoin why don't you start typing your questions into the chat and then we will get to as many of them as we can just as i'm working my magic pressing a bunch of buttons here and getting my zoom going once again so please type your questions in the chat once again, on a night where the Canucks lose 4-2 to two to the Winnipeg Jets, falling back to 500 for, it seems like, the 40th time this year, even though they've only played 36 games or whatever, 35 games. Uh, yeah, they're what are they? They must be 16-16-3 now. So not really uh, making a lot of ground, making up a lot of ground in the race for a wild card position. But we can still wind up this calendar year over 500 with the win against the calgary flames on new year's eve recording By the way, in progress it's kind of funny that we're uh all the game over hosts were talking recording about recording stopped yeah i should turn that off all the um game over hosts were talking about who's going to be streaming on new year's eve are we going to have anyone actually watching our streams so no judgment it could mean you have a, a very busy life or you have no life it doesn't matter to me 
But if you're around a computer and you're watching your favorite team on on Saturday night, on New Year's Eve, why don't you go and go to um, check out the, whoever's hosting a Game Over show that night and give them some love. Because they're, you know, we're not looking for your pity, but they are sacrificing a little bit. They're sacrificing um, being there on New Year's Eve. So maybe all you can do, even if you stop by just for a second or maybe five seconds and just say hi in the chat. I know all the hosts would appreciate that on Saturday night. Okay, Ryan is back. Ryan, thank you. I was just uh, begging everyone to to support anyone who has to stream on Saturday night. <laughs> the New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I like this team. Yeah. I do. But it's it's New Year's yeah. and it's they're they're not playing Philly. Yeah. So fair enough. That's fair enough. that's a tough one. I mean it's Philly Canucks or bust, yeah. I think. Yeah. For yeah. the New Year's game, right? So. Yes, exactly. Ryan, shift over like half an inch to your right. Perfect. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't move now for the rest Don't of the move. <laughs> we'll get in the chat box now. Thanks, everyone. There's also some really good, um, some really, really good oh feedback here. Erwin saying you have the, the very based take, B-A-S-E. I, I think that means really good. I'm not okay, very cool. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Ern, for that. Uh, fangirl, uh, loyal viewer of my channel says, does the 4-2 score count as a correct score prediction for you, Clayton? No, Fangirl, as much as I've been saying 4-2 since the start of the season, it's got to be for the Canucks, but thanks thanks for the love. Here we go. Dravakian says, Clay and Ryan, so let's go with Ryan, should Bear be scratched over his disaster of a second period? <laughs> if we're scratching guys after one game, no, yeah. no way. Yeah, and the and the follow up to this is uh, Dravakian says that he actually prefers not Stillman but Burrows over Bear. But I, I think Bear's been pretty good right so far. If if you're interchanging those two guys, I mean Burrows has had such a great season. Stillman, uh, how much how much time do we have? Uh, uh, Stillman, one. Stillman, no, right. just Bur- Burrows or Bear. Yeah. There, there's your picks. Interchange them. Whoever's whoever's looking good in practice, put them in. Following up on your wonderful um, dissertation on loyal to the team and the crest and not necessarily the players, would you consider um, trading Horvat for Lafreniere? No, maybe not straight up. The The question from the chat from Jack says, do you think we should trade for Lafreniere, a potential package sending Horvat and... It was sending Horvat oh, and Schneider and a right-hand D coming back too. So I don't know. I, I think the Rangers won't. That's too much for the Rangers to give up. But let's just say, whatever. Don't worry about contracts, whatever. Would you like Lafreniere on this team? Did it, In the question, did they say dissertation or was that your word? That was mine. Okay. I'm just thinking, wow, these very They're wordy smart. people. Yeah. <laughs> very wordy people. Um, I don't know what the Bo Horvat trade needs to look like. The yeah. Rangers won... I don't know. I don't see them trading Bo Horvat to the Rangers. I see JT Miller going there if that's yeah. who moves. Right. Um, for Lafinier, I mean, he got benched or scratched tonight. That may mean not very much. Sure. I, I'm not quite sure. I think if there was like, there's always going to be a package that's going to look enticing, but yeah. I don't know. I like I'm, I'm not the best guy to be asking about you know, a good trade package. Cause mm-hmm. usually when I put them up, everyone laughs at me and I get the eye rolls on Twitter and uh, my partner, Ted on the show uh, usually will come up with a better one to, to downplay how bad my, my trade uh, options were. So probably not the best guy to be asking uh, who the Canucks should be trading uh, Bo Horvat for, but uh, 
But Lafreniere, I mean, he'd, he'd be great to be on the Canucks. I don't know what his future is going to look like. There's a few people that are saying he's going to be the next Alexander Digg. I think that's oh. it's pretty damning right there. But yeah, yeah. at the same time, I mean, the guy has skill and it's early on in his career. So I don't know. I, there's Everybody makes such a harsh judgment on these guys the first couple of years of their career because they're not absolute superstars. Well, sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes six years for some guys to to come out of their shell. So yeah. may, maybe it works out. I don't know. But I don't I think it's a little early to be trading Bo Horvat for Lafreniere. Peter says, Ryan, why do you think they chose to extend Miller over Horvat, <laughs> or at least before Horvat? Uh Peter, you should know the Canucks by now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we it's such a long answer, but yeah. basically the short answer is it's the Vancouver Canucks. This is just how they do business. Yeah. And Peter asked a second question. Pretty cool. It says, Gravity did a video on potential Horvat trades, and he had two of them that he wants your opinion on. Carolina, Brent Pesci, Kotkaniemi, and a second, or Vegas, Carlson, White Cloud, and a, and a pick of some sort. Which do you prefer? Does, do any of those tickle your fancy? I don't know. I think if they're going to sell, they should be selling high. I'd like to see a first round pick in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. If they're going to get a second, like, I mean, Bo Horvat's not worth the world, but right. I, I think, uh, again, th- those are some, some pretty decent trades. Uh, I don't know. Like Carlson's good. Yeah. I, I mean, he's definitely worked out for Vegas, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think their needs are in other places, but that that's just me. I stockpile draft picks. If you can get a boatload of draft picks, like three draft picks for them, that's a pretty good trade in my eyes. But yep. they better be good ones. And do you hear um, that often the Canucks are talking about? They call them hockey trades. We're always joking around because aren't we playing hockey? But they're talking about getting players that can help now, either a young center, a young right shot D versus picks and prospects. Uh, do you have a preference? I mean, if you can have a bit of both, I think yeah. that'd be great. But. Uh, They've proven that they've drafted pretty. I mean, Benning Benning's done quite well on the draft floor when he was here. Yeah, we can't knock that. So their their draft history in the last you know six years or so has been pretty good. They've they've definitely hit on a handful of guys that are either on this roster or getting close to. Draft picks are always going to be a great currency. That being said, if there's a guy that you can pick on the up and up that you don't have to do as much work with and draft and develop. He's already kind of developed. I mean, you're, you're getting in at the right time on some of these players and yeah. you don't want to get them right at the peak. Cause that's when things obviously start to tail off. But yeah. yeah, if you can get a guy early enough while he's still developing and you don't really have to put a lot of time and effort into him. Yeah. I mean, I think you'd be crazy not to be going with those guys, but again, I, I don't know what the right answer is because I think I've seen so many wrong answers that I've just been so jaded to what a good trade looks like. So right, right, it's it's right. been a long time. And, you know, you look at, I do have some confidence in this group, Ryan, because the, the fact that they traded a fifth round pick for Ethan Bear and Lane Peterson, and they're not world changers, but Ethan Bear could, with a, a, a tidy extension, could be a Canuck for many, many years. Peterson gives you wonderful abyss for death, and he, he's, we've seen fell off a little yep. bit today, but we've seen that he can step in and play. And PD even said that he's quite skilled. So I think those are the type of moves. I'm not saying for Horvat, but those are the type of moves that this yeah. regime wants to make is 20, 24, 25 year old players that maybe you almost take a little bit of a chance on. I don't know. Well, they contribute, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, and now that they do have Abbotsford and it's not 
Chicago or Utica or, or, you know, Syracuse or wherever their farm team has been, it's down the road. You can take a chance on a guy for a night, see what he's got and you can send him back down. You're not having to ship him anywhere. You do have a, a, at least a day of practice and potentially game time decision where you can kind of think, you know what, let's give this kid a try. He looked good in practice. He looked like he had a good fit with so-and-so let's, let's give it a go for a game. You can do those things when you're that close. So I think, yeah, having that, that younger talent develop uh, down in Abbotsford where you can kind of interchange. I mean, look what pod Colson's doing down down there. And I think sometimes we forget that some guys, you know, just because they make the show doesn't mean they don't still need to develop. And some of these guys just need to play. Great point. So yeah, if you can keep them down there a little bit, or if they are good enough to maybe make a splash on the big team, by all means. So we all love draft picks. I think that's, that is the way that you build teams properly and try to build a championship team. It's cheaper. Yep. At the same time, if you can get some guys that are younger and you can slowly develop them in your own club, or if they've got just enough where you can already start seeing them contribute, that's great too. It's just when you go after those those bigger names like yeah. the Canucks have been doing, and it tends to anchor you for a while. So, and great like point. I said, I'm a little bit jaded yeah. on all the other stuff. So, and great point, Ryan, about uh, really giving your prospects a time to develop. I'm fine with Hoglander. I'm fine with Puckhosen down there. And I always use uh, maybe it's not the best example or fair analogy, but Tage Thompson. It took him five or six years to get to where he's at. So I'm not saying that these guys are built like him or going to play like him, but it just speaks to that. The except, it's an exception, not the rule when a guy makes an impact on his first or his second year. It's more the rule that it takes three, four, five years for some of these guys. But everybody's so impatient. That's yes. the problem. Yeah, They're so impatient. And rightfully so, we've been shown some pretty amazing talents early on on a lot of teams. And you just assume that everybody just develops in one year and and then they're ready to go. Well, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. I'm my, my boss's kid, he's going the, he may go the long way through college and he basically had no idea what was going to go on and just decided junior B and now he might go the long way and might end up playing minor pro. Like wow. you can develop later on in life and all of a sudden things work out for you. There's a lot of players where that happens. So yeah. it's, we're just so impatient. Every it's a, such a right now league sure. that you have to see results instantly or everybody's a bust. So Lafreniere is a great example. Like for all we know, yeah, maybe the Canucks should trade for him. Yeah. Maybe he is, you know, a diamond in the rough just waiting to explode. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> All right, let's do uh, three last questions. Uh, so fa- just so you guys know, Fangirl, Chris, and Jack, we're going to answer your questions, and then we're going to sign off. So quickly, Ryan, the first one is, could you see a scenario where Miller gets traded and not Horvat before his no trade kicks in? I, there is a scenario I could see that happening. Yep. I think just like every other thing that's happened with the Vancouver Canucks and pretty much every other team, it's pretty rare that a team will admit that they're wrong. Yeah. And that's a pretty big wrong considering how much money that you just committed. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think there's an opportunity and they'd be crazy to think that there isn't. Right. But again, I've known this Canucks team too long through too many different management groups that I don't see that happening. I would love to be wrong. And I'm sure it, ton of people would love that as well right but realistically i i don't think that's the play right now i think they've committed to jt miller like he is a good player let's not forget that he is a very good player he does fit on this team and they finally did lock up a guy they didn't let him leave like a tofoli or something else but right eh, i don't know i i i do think that they hold on to him unless there's just a trade that they 
they can't say no to, but I'm pretty sure that trade would have already come at this point. Good answer. Second question from Chris. In regards to Kuzmenko, what would you value his next contract at? I'll give you some parameters. I've heard everything is low from four up to six and a half. Well, the cap's going to go up again. And despite what we think guys are worth, five is probably four to five is probably a respectable amount of money. Can't believe I'm saying that, but (laughs) four to five is basically what you pay these guys. So, you know, he's having a wicked year. And uh, I think you need to respect that he can continue to have very good years in Vancouver. This is just the beginning for him. This is just when a guy of his ilk, of his age kind of group, would be coming into his own. So, yeah, you're going to probably be paying 4 to $5 million. I don't know how many years they're going to give him, but I think that's probably fair. Yeah. If he finishes this season and like explodes in the second half and hits, like I don't know, 30 goals or something, I think maybe we have a different conversation about sure. that. But, yeah, I'd say in the 4 to $5 million range, sure. And I, and I want everyone to know out there that the Canucks actually have cap space to sign both Horvat and Kuzmenko. They actually do. They just don't have... That doesn't leave them a lot of room to do anything else, basically, and and, and you're not really improving your team. So I, I think that's the that's the one thing we're going to talk about. Lastly, yeah. a great question from Jack. Who is the most underrated player in the NHL? I, wow. Um, oh, give me one, not the most, uh, at least one. Underrated player in the NHL. Holy smokes. I don't think I have one. I'm... I, th- I think I've been so focused on this Canucks team this year that I haven't been paying attention to the beauty that's going on. Maybe, you know what? Maybe Tage Thompson. Yeah, and I know that yeah. sounds stupid, but I mean, maybe this kid is actually a lot better than we're already seeing. Like maybe he is an absolute superstar. Right. I don't know. That, that, that I say stupid things. So, yeah, why not? Oh, and not, I want to give a shout out to Alice, who is uh, one of the hosts of game over winnipeg i'm I'm sure they're no we had fun here i'm sure they had a more cheerful stream so thank you liz for being here she says how about neil pionk for bo horvat (laughs) do we is 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 pionk a right shot i I should know this i just watched two and a half hours of him (laughs) i i think if uh i mean we can always use defense yeah so that that would be a a place of need yeah but i don't know that's a one for one I don't know. If I say yes to that, I might get burnt alive. So yeah. and I, I have to look uh, up Pionk's contract, actually. That makes a big difference, too. And I just realized, I think I, I'm over using my computer because now I'm moving like a robot. But that's okay, as long as the audio is good. Ryan, this was awesome, was man. Great. I want to bring you on again, for sure. Uh, I really appreciate you being here and your, your laid-back style, but very, very articulate. And we're both recovering slowly from our Disney experiences. But we're back in BC, beautiful BC, and ready to roll. Can you remind everyone one more time where they can find you on social? So you can find me at always94, always90, F-O-U-R, uh, at the PP1 podcast. That would be our, our, our podcast account. Very convenient that I've named it that as well. Um, <laughs> and I've got a football show that I really want people to get a hold of because that is that is our, our other baby we're trying to grow. Uh, it's called That Helps No One Fantasy Cast at T-H-N-O Fantasy Cast. Every week, every Tuesday for that show, once football's over, that's pretty much it. Hockey's going to be around forever, so you'll hear me and uh, Ted on that every week. Um, and just, you know, just be nice to each other out there, everybody. It's been, looks like it's been a pretty rough week for 
um, some of our friends out there, like it's Twitter. It's yeah. not a real place. Let's just chill out. Let's just be nice to everybody. Beautiful advice. And if you want to get his PP1 link and his uh, fantasy football link, go to his Twitter account. Always the whole word, always nine zero. The, the word for always 94 and all his links are up there. Ryan, thanks again. Enjoy the new year uh, celebration with your wonderful family and let's connect soon. Hopefully not just on here, but in real life as well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Clay. This has been a lot of fun. Even though the Canucks lost, I won because I got to spend 40 minutes with Canucks Clay, one of the most beautiful looking people in Canucks land. He's so beautiful. They put him on a billboard. <laughs> well, I'm going to clip that. I'm going to send it to the SDPN guys to clip for me. And that is my new uh, hype video for 2023. Ryan, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Beauty, yeah. beauty, beauty. That, my friends, is indeed Ryan Hank of the PP1 podcast. So glad that he was able to join me. And yes, as my computer is uh, getting juiced out, it looks like I am uh, moving around like a robot, but that's okay. As long as you can hear me, I will wrap up the show in the next couple minutes. So like, nice to see you, Liz. I appreciate you being here. I hope you had a really good show. Yes, I agree. A lot of love for Ryan in the chat right now. He is a, a He knows his stuff. He's very comfortable in front of the camera, and I, I knew he'd be great on the show tonight. And Robert, working so hard behind the scenes. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks for all your good work behind the scenes. Okay, friends, we are at the end of tonight's show, a 4-2 loss. Again, it ends the Canucks three-game win streak. If you like more of this and you don't, you're not sick of my voice, I'll be doing my own show tonight at 11 p.m., Pacific. So a lot of people in the chat I recognize from my own show. Thank you for being here. And anyone who's new, that's awesome as well. Um, I'm be, I'm doing my show tonight at 11. I do my show every night at 11 p.m. Pacific. Might be late for some of you, but that is uh, that's okay. Would love to see you tonight. As always, subscribe to this channel, SDPN. Like the video on your way out. Consider picking up some Game Over merchandise. The link is right in the video description. And once again, you can also follow me at Canuck Clay, both here on YouTube and on Twitter as well. Next show is Saturday night. It is New Year's Eve and it's Vancouver. It's Calgary. It's Kaya May. She'll be behind the mic. Take, I don't think she's going to go all the way to midnight, but it depends on how long the game is. But it'll be a perfect way to end off your year by spending some time with Kaya in Game Over Vancouver. So once again, thanks for being here. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure you rate, review, and do all that wonderful stuff. And you guys know I like to end my uh, streams off with a, a bad dad joke. And I think this one will not disappoint. So thanks for being here. Next show, Saturday night, KMA, Game Over Vancouver, Vancouver, and the much-hated Calgary Flames. And I got to tell you, my doctor told me today that I was going deaf. And that was very hard news for me to hear. Take care. And go Canucks go. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.